0: Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. I want to encourage you to check out my uh, own detective fiction. There is the short, An Ounce of Prevention, available as uh, an audiobook or in the Kindle store. And then with many of the same characters, a full-length uh, novel called Slime Incorporated, available as a paper book, an audiobook through audible.com, as well as an ebook. And these are modern stories, but with a lot of uh, homage paid to the uh, great detective stories of the past. You can uh, check these all out at our store, store store.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Hollywood Mystery Time. This one is uh, three weeks after the last one. The original air date is August the 19th of 1945. And this is Murder by Coincidence.
1: Woodbury, for the skin you love to touch. Woodbury brings you direct from Hollywood, the Woodbury Double Feature. First, Hollywood's best-known, best-loved reporter, Luella Parsons, with exclusive news about your favorite stars, direct from the glamour center of the world. And Hollywood Mystery Time, starring Constance Moore and Dennis O'Keefe. Now, time for a Hollywood beauty tip.
2: Girls, now you can make sure of perfectly matched shades of makeup tones the same way Hollywood stars do. And I mean a good many of the really famous beauties, like Maria Montez, now in Universal Sudan. Those lovely stars don't like to depend on hit or miss matching of makeup shades any more than you do. The perfect answer is Woodbury Matched Makeup. Perfectly matched shades of powder, lipstick, and rouge to make you lovelier than ever before.
1: Wonderfully becoming shades of Woodbury Lipstick and Rouge are included at no extra cost in every dollar-sized box of Woodbury Film Finish face powder. You can find your most becoming Film Finish powder shade for as little as ten cents. Perhaps it's Woodbury Sun Peach your radiant champagne Rochelle, summer shades to dramatize the appeal of sun-kissed skin. When you find your best Woodbury shade, get the dollar size box of film finish powder that includes at no extra cost matching lipstick and rouge. Get it tonight and trust Woodbury to make you the queen supreme of his heart. And now here she is, Luella Parsons.
3: Hello to all of you from Hollywood. I'll try to give you a picture of peacetime in movie land. If the broadcast doesn't break as it did last Sunday. Yes, that's exactly what happened. And to all of you who inquired, I say a big thank you. Well, here's another one come true. In half an hour, June Allison becomes the bride of Dick Paul. The ceremony takes place at the home of the Johnny Greens. Dick and June will honeymoon on the boat. Exclusive. Colonel William Wyler and his wife, the former Margaret Tallachet, welcome their third child in the spring. She'll know next week whether or not it's twins. Shirley Temple is buying her trousseau. She tells me she will marry Sergeant John Aker within the next six weeks. Didn't I tell you they wouldn't wait those three years? Yesterday, Nan Gray and her husband, Jack Westbrook, famous jockey, faced George Rafferty at the police station, where he is being held on charges of posing as Westbrook. He visited smart cafes and said that he and Nan were being divorced. For a whole week, Nan's been busy denying that she's getting a divorce. Miriam Hopkins, who welcomed Ray Brock home from overseas with open arms, is expected to become the newspaper man's bride, and very soon. With a dove of peace riding high, Johnny Weissmiller hopes his wife catches the spirit and takes him back. Johnny told me he still loves her. Meanwhile, the lady is asking for $250,000 settlement which you can bet brought on another Tarzan, Yale. Corporal Bill Lundigan and Rena Morgan are honeymooning today. He was once a Warner star and is now a marine hero. They were married last night. It's sad to hear that June Lang, former star, now married to Captain William Morgan, lost her baby on the very same day that Lynn Barry's infant died. By a very strange coincidence, both young mothers are in adjoining hospital rooms and both babies died of the same ailment, and in large heart. Denise, daughter of Hetty Lamar and John Loder, will be baptized next week with a ceremony befitting a young lady of her prominence. Betty Davis will be her godmother, and director John Farrell her godfather. Red Skelton is in a rest camp, and he's improving daily. At least his sense of humor is intact. He writes me he is the only guy in the Army to get the poison oak leaf. He went for a walk and caught it. The Well Parsons Medal this week goes to Hal Wallace's Love Letter. It. It's a highly dramatic story of a girl who suffers from amnesia and who doesn't know whether or not she murdered a husband. You'll find it one of the year's most artistic and unusual offerings. And the medals for the best performances go to Jennifer Jones. As a mentally sick, bewildered girl, you'll never doubt after this characterization that Jennifer is indeed a great actress. And Joseph Cotton, one of my favorite actors, is but grand as a young man who helps Jennifer find her way back to normal life. Cecilia Parker, Andy Hardy's movie sister, is expecting her second child the end of September. Such wonderful news for Evelyn Anchors and her mother. The brother reported missing in action is alive. Two letters arrived from him on Peace Day, stating he had been lost in the Burma jungles. He's been decorated twice. Remember the boy who played the football coach in a Yank at Eton, Greg Barton? That boy, under his real name, of Lieutenant Harold W. Barker, has become one of Hollywood's heroes. He has just received the silver, silver Star for conspicuous gallantry under fire on Iwo Jima. To close my program tonight, on this day of meditation, I would like to read a prayer, especially written for my listeners by Robert Nathan, noted author and poet. Father of us all, who put into our hands the dreadful power of the sun, put now into our hearts its warmth and goodness, Turn us to peace as we return against our will to destruction. Turn us to love as we return against our will to hate. Teach us who were patient in suffering to be gentle in our strength and to remember anguish for their sake, who suffered anguish for us. Teach us who would hold earth's destiny in our hands to say, I am my brother's keeper here under heaven forever.
1: Amen. Luella Parsons will be back again next Sunday. And now the makers of Woodbury complete beauty cream. Beauty cream for the skin you love to touch. Present Dennis O'Keefe and Constance Moore in Hollywood Mystery Time. Tonight, the case of murder by coincidence. Travel folders will tell you that Hollywood is an ideal vacation spot. But when film producer Jim Lawson catches that get-away-from-it-all feeling, his eyes turn toward the peace and quiet of Breezy Point Lodge. So we find Jim and his good friend Detective Captain Cook idly paddling over the calm blue waters of beautiful Lake Arrowhead with nary a worry and hardly a care. Ah, Cookie, this is the life. No conferences, no temperamental stars, Ah, uh, no murders, no women. Hey, Jim, look. That woman out there near the point, she's in trouble. Help! Save me! Well, oh, let's go. Give me that other paddle, Cookie. All right. Help!
4: Oh, save me! Help! A little more to the
1: left, Cookie. Okay. Now, here's the spot, but... Oh, well, she's going under. I'm diving in, Cookie. Hold it, Jim. She's coming up on the other side.
4: <sighs> Hello, Jim.
1: Well, I'll be darned. Gloria. Why you? Ah, uh, 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 don't you dare strike me with that oar. What are you doing here?
2: I thought I told you. Well, since I was in charge of the office while you were gone, I voted myself a vacation. And just by the merest coincidence, I chose Breezy Point Lodge. Coincidence,
1: huh? Mm-hmm. Connivance would be more like it. <laughs>
2: After that delicious supper, our schedule calls for a nice, quiet walk in the cool mountain breeze.
1: Oh, you've certainly taken charge of this vacation of mine in a hurry. Yes,
2: darling. Uh, coming cookie?
1: No, I think I'll smoke this one out.
2: All right. Darling, now that we're alone, won't you at least admit you like the idea a little?
1: Hmm? I like it a lot, but... But what? Well, it's too quiet. If only something would happen.
2: Oh, Jim.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, Gloria. Tell me again. Who do you love? Mr. Lawton. Oh, Oh, oh gosh. For a minute, Gloria, I thought your voice was changing. Uh, who is it? It's me, Willard Spiro. Oh, yes, yes, the lawyer. I've heard of you. Can we talk alone? It's very important. oh this is Gloria Dean, my secretary. Anything you say to me goes into her ears, too. Well, I've heard of your reputation for solving murders, and I Don't
2: tell of... me somebody's been murdered already.
1: Not yet, Miss Dean, but someone will be. Hmm you know who that someone is? Yes. Who? Me. Well, how do you know? Has anyone threatened you? No, but, well, I can just feel my life is in jeopardy. Oh, you can't just feel those things, Mr. Spiro. Have you had any forewarning, an accident, maybe, or, or a note? No, 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 nothing like that, Mr. Lawton. All I know is someone is going to murder me, and I, I need protection. Well, I, I'd like to help, but how? Stay with me. Don't leave me for a single minute.
2: <laughs> well, look, Mr. Spiro, Jen isn't a bodyguard. He hasn't a body for us. Oh. I don't
1: want a bodyguard. I had one up until tonight, but I fired him. Now I'm alone, and I, I'm i afraid. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do, Mr. Spiro. Captain Cook of the Los Angeles Police is here. I'll have him keep an eye on you. How's that? Well, all right, but you'll watch out for me too, won't you? Oh, yes, of course. Now you go on inside the hotel. There's less danger of an accident in there than out here in the dark. We'll join you in a few minutes. All right. Thanks, London. Thanks. I, I'll i see you inside. Well,
2: what do you think, Jim? I'd say he needs a psychiatrist more than he needs a bodyguard.
1: There's someone on the other side of the bushes who's been listening in. I'm going to take a look.
2: Now. Go ahead, Mr. Lawton. Take a good long look. Do you like my left profile or right? Why, it's a girl.
1: Yes, yeah, yes, a rather attractive one at that. Doesn't anyone see me, too?
2: I'm Rona Spiro, and uh, this is my ex fiance, David Morgan. I take it the gentleman that just left is your father? Mm, yes.
1: Say, I remember you, young lady... You pulled a fake fainting act on me yesterday to get a screen catch. Is this another one of your little concoctions?
2: No, I assure you my father's really serious. He actually believes someone's going to murder him. It's
1: purely in his own mind, of course, absolutely without foundation. Now, my theory as a psychologist is... You that... seem a little young to be a psychologist, Mr. Morgan. Well, I completed site one at Brentwood College, which does lift me out of the layman's class, you know. Anyhow, my theory is the old man suffers from delusions of persecution.
2: He may have something there, Jim. Mm,
1: Maybe. Uh, One question, Rona. Do you know anyone who might want to murder your father?
2: No, of course not. Except... Well, except David here.
1: Uh, yes, that's true. You see, Rona and I were engaged, and Mr. Spiro broke it up for the most preposterous reason. <laughs> he insisted I was too young.
2: Why, well, that is dreadful, David. Anyone can see you're at least uh,
1: 19. Uh, well, uh, almost. I'll be 19 in December. Gloria, I think we ought to warn Captain Cook about this suspicious character. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm harmless enough. According to Pevitt's Criminology and criminals, I'm just not the type for murder. Well, it, it happens that I am. Coming, Gloria?
2: Right. Goodbye, Mr. Lawton. And, uh, if anyone is murdered, you can be sure you'll be the first one I call.
1: And that cookie is the whole story.
2: What a cast! A movie mad debutante, her young lover, and a frightened father. What do
1: you make of it? Well, since you ask me, I think they're all nuts. It could be. But you will look after the old man, won't you? Yeah, sure. Which one is he?
2: That bald-headed old gentleman sitting at the table near the window.
1: Oh, yeah. Who's the bird with him? Don't know. Suppose we go over and see. Right. Mr. Spiro? Yes. Remember me? Jim Lawton? I'm sorry. I can't say that I do. Huh? But, you, well, well, we just had a few... Would you excuse me, gentlemen? I see my daughter coming. I have to talk to her. Most important. Uh, well, of course. Well, of all the... Looks... You'll have to excuse him, Mr. Lawton. Eccentricity, you know. Millionaire's privileged. He has the habit of forgetting people a few minutes after he meets them. Uh, you know him well, then. Oh, of course. I'm Kenneth Douglas, junior partner in the farm, firm of uh, Spiro and Douglas. Douglas?
2: Douglas? Didn't I read in the society section that you and Rona Spiro were engaged?
1: Yes, but don't take that too seriously. You see, her dad figured that if I were engaged to her, it might ward off fortune hunters. Mm. From the actions of young Rona, she seems to be a very willing target. Well, if you'll excuse us now, Mr. Oh, Duggar. certainly, certainly. Goodbye. Now, well, what's up now, Jim?
2: No, yeah, why the sudden exit out of the dining room? Spira
1: was motioning us to follow him.
2: Oh, where is he, Jim? I don't see him.
1: Over here. Quickly, come in. Come in, I'd better shut the door. No one must know you're here. Anything happen? No, not yet, but it will.
2: Tell me, Mr. Spirrow, why did you pretend you didn't know us in the dining room?
1: I didn't want Douglas to know I'd spoken to you. Then he's one of your suspects. Yes, he's been trying to take over my law practice for years. He's a good lawyer, but a little too ambitious. I'll keep an eye on him, Mr. Spiro. You've nothing to worry about. Oh, he's not the only one.
2: Oh, you mean... You mean there are other people you suspect as possible murderers?
1: Three others. Young David Morgan, for one.
2: The 19-year-old?
1: He knows I forbid him to see her, yet he followed Rona up here to Arrowhead.
2: Well, what have you against him?
1: He's an irresponsible pup. And since Rona's my heir, she must be protected from men like Morgan who are interested only in her money. Um, Who else is on your list, Mr. Spiro? The bodyguard I fired tonight. I caught him trying to make love to my daughter. Did he have any success? Of course not. Professional wrestler with a face like a yellow squash. She called for me. That's how I found out.
2: Well, at last we find one man who doesn't interest little
1: Rona. What was that? Uh,
2: Nothing. Uh, Any others, Mr. Spiro?
1: Well, I I hate to say it, but my own daughter may be a possibility. She's a fiery girl, as you can well guess. Mm, uh, We've guessed. And as you can see, Rona would inherit my fortune if I were gone. Well, Well, we've met three of your suspects, Mr. Spiro, and frankly, they all appear harmless enough. My advice is lock your doors and windows and go to sleep. Yes, and we'll see you in the morning. Try to forget your fears. Captain Cook here will look out for you. Thank you, Mr. Lawton and Captain Cook. I'm counting on you, but I'm also warning you. If I'm murdered, it will be one of the four I mentioned. Don't let that murderer go unpunished. Good night, gentlemen.
2: Well, I'm off to bed. Good night,
1: dear. Good night, Gloria. Well, Cookie, let's hope Mr. Spiro doesn't have a bad dream tonight. Yeah, fine thing. I get away for a few days' vacation and then run into a crackpot who thinks he's going to get murdered. Ah! Spiro. No, no, that was Gloria out in the terrace. Let's go. Gloria. Gloria, what happened?
2: Oh, I was walking across the terrace. Someone behind me said, Rona, I love you, or something like that. Oh, he was the most hideous monster I've ever seen. Oh, that
1: must be the ex-bodyguard with the face like a squash. Oh, well,
2: worse than that. A squashed squash with cauliflower ears.
1: Well, I don't think you'll bother you anymore, darling. It's Ronnie's after, I not true, you.
2: Good, Jim.
1: I'm going to see
2: that horrible face all night in my dreams. Well, dear,
1: just think of my face
2: instead. Oh, no, Jim. That would be almost as bad. It... <laughs>
4: Cookie, uh,
1: did you hear someone? <sighs> no, I'll no, go back to sleep. It's only a bad dream. I tell you, I heard something. Sounded like a door shut. Well, doors can't stay open all the time. That's why they have hinges. I'm going to check Spiro's room. Coming? Oh, all right. Well, no one out in the hall, Jim. Let's go back to sleep. No, not yet. Come on, Cookie this is Spiro's room isn't it yeah well I guess you won't be happy until we try the door it's open something must have happened to Spiro turn on the light okay if I can find one look Spiro what did I tell you sleeping like a baby well I'm gonna see for sure don't waken him I won't Cookie. he's dead Hollywood Mystery Time will continue in just a moment. Meanwhile, a Hollywood beauty special. Girls, here's how you can help keep your complexion just as attractively soft and
2: smooth as many a Hollywood stars. You can do it with just one cream. Woodbury Complete Beauty Cream.
1: Complete Beauty Cream was created to do so much more than ordinary one-purpose cream. Woodbury Complete Beauty Cream gives complete complexion care because it serves all four basic beauty purposes. It cleanses thoroughly. It softens and smooths your skin. Woodbury's a smooth-clinging powder base and beauty-rich night cream that fights against old-looking dry skin lines. With Woodbury, you're sure you're guarding against the unsightly roughness and pores of underprivileged skin. That's the unlovely result of halfway cleansing and care. So make sure of complete complexion care the Hollywood way with Woodbury.
2: Here's another beauty plus. Only Woodbury has exclusive serotonin, always purifying the cream in the jaw against blemish-causing germs.
1: Girls, don't delay For lovelier skin, begin right away with Woodbury, W-O-O-D-B-U-R-Y, Woodbury Complete Beauty Cream. Now back to the Woodbury Complete Beauty Cream program, Hollywood Mystery Time, starring Constance Moore and Dennis O'Keefe. He's dead all right, isn't he, Doc? Yes, there's no doubt about it. Any traces of poison? None, whatever. If you ask me, it was an ordinary heart attack, probably caused by old age. Maybe. No, maybe is about it. There are no signs of violence in the room, Jim. Farrell most likely passed out from heart failure, probably aggravated by his abnormal fear. But, Cookie, all those warnings and the four suspects. Mere coincidence. I can't believe it. How about the open door?
2: I can answer that. Oh, Rona, we're awfully sorry. Here, yes, sit down. Thanks.
1: Uh, go ahead, Rona. What about the door?
2: Well, I, I came into Dad's room about 11 last night to say goodnight. Sleeping so soundly, I, I didn't want to disturb him. Then
1: I left, and, well, I'm sure I forgot to lock the door behind me. All the more possibility it might be murder, Cookie. Maybe you'd better send up a Los Angeles medical examiner for an autopsy. This is out of my jurisdiction, Jim. I can't do anything. Cookie, I can't forget that old man's warning. Don't let the murderer go unpunished. He kept repeating it.
2: Jim's right, Cookie. Why don't you use your influence to get the local authorities to put you in charge of the case? What case?
1: Why, if the police were called in to investigate every heart fatality, we'd have no time for eating or sleeping.
2: Well, maybe, maybe Mr. Lawton is right. Captain Cook, I wish you would investigate.
1: Well, in that case, I guess we've got a case. (laughs) What did you find out, Cookie? Nothing. The old man died of a heart attack, all right. Not a single clue? Well, just one, if you can call it that. Many found a needle mark on the dead man's arm. Then that's it. That proves it was murder. Now, hold it, Jim. There's no evidence of any poison or serum entering his system. It's Probably nothing more than an accidental jab with a safety pin. Well, I realize it's not much to go on, Cookie, but perhaps a poison was used that disintegrated in his body, leaving no traces. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to check on that angle anyhow.
2: Jim, Jim, I've got an idea. We have four suspects, haven't we? Hmm, brilliant deduction. No, now, wait a minute. If the murder was done somehow with a needle, then whoever did it must have that needle very much on his mind.
1: I can't argue with that.
2: Well, then why not work the old psychological
1: association test? Association test? Yeah. Wonderful, I get it. That's where you list a word and then ask the person to answer with the first word that comes to his mind.
2: Right. And if that person hesitates on the key word, needle, well... Well, then we've got him.
1: It's not too positive a test, Jim, but, well, it's certainly worth a try. Good. I'll get all the uh, suspects together for dinner.
2: And don't forget Mr. Squashface. He looks like a gorilla, and I want to see if he eats like a man. Oh,
1: good
4: dinner.
2: Oh, it was really very thoughtful of you to invite us all to dinner, Mr. Lawson.
1: My pleasure, Donna.
2: Don't you think so, David?
1: Well, uh, to corner phrase, the condemned man ate a hearty dinner. Who are you referring to, my boy? Well, Mr. Douglas, why do you suppose Lawton here invited us to dinner? We're the logical four suspects, and he hopes one of us will give himself away. No, uh, uh, here, have a piece of cake, mister, uh, Oh, I'm sorry, uh, what is your name? Cram, only in wrestling circles I'm known as Cranberry. Crushed Cranberry would be more appropriate. Well, Cram, how about some cake, eh? It's delicious. No, thanks. You never touch this stuff. My beauty diet, you know.
4: <laughs> well,
1: suppose we all adjourn to the next room. There's a little game I'm sure you'll all enjoy. Oh, Jim, you're so thoughtful.
2: Trying to make me forget my sorrow. Now,
1: you folks go on into the next room with Captain Cook. Gloria and I will join you in a moment. All set with the association test, Gloria?
2: Yeah, yeah, I have the seven words. Now, you time the reactions and watch for any hesitation on that keyword needle.
1: Okay, we'll call them in one by one. Uh, who's first?
2: Mm, makes no difference. Well, how about Ken Douglas? I always did like a man with gray streaks that run helter-skelter through his hair.
1: Gloria, please concentrate on the test. It may send Mr. Douglas running helter-skelter to the electric chair. Oh, Douglas. Will you come in? Lawton, just what kind of a game is this? Test of wit?
2: Mm, something like that. I'll mention a word, and then you answer with the first word that comes to your mind.
1: Okay, shoot. Well, that's not exactly the word we had in mind, but uh, you're thinking in the right direction.
2: All ready, Mr. Douglas? Yes. All right, let's go. Black. White. Bread.
1: Butter. Nail. Hammer. Sugar. Salt. Man. Woman. Needle. Thread. Money. Uh, money. A dollar.
2: <laughs> that's all, Mr. Douglas. Would you call Mr. Cram and please don't tell any of the others about the game? I won't. <laughs> oh,
1: what do you make of it?
2: Here comes Squash Face. You want me? Yes. Uh, I'm going to say a word and then you answer with the first word that comes to your mind. Do you understand? No. Oh. Well, uh, suppose I say hammer. What would you say? Lock. Yeah, well, that doesn't make sense. Hammer, lock.
1: Mm, to him it does. Hammer lock is a common wrestling hold. Yeah, oh. hey, uh, I think I got it now. Let's play.
2: All right. Black.
1: White. Bread. Butter. Nail. Hammer. Sugar. Uh, sugar. sugar. Uh, sweet.
2: Man. Uh, woman. Needle. Thread. Money.
1: Uh, ten bucks. Yeah, ten bucks. That's what I got for my first rattler, Matt. Oh,
2: <laughs> well, that's all. Thank you, Mr. Cram. Uh, would you call David Morgan in here? And please don't mention a word of this to anyone. You understand how to play, David? Oh, of course. This is elementary to a psychologist. All right. First word is black. White. Bread. Butter. Nail. Hammer. Sugar.
1: Coffee. Man. Man. Woman. Needle. Thread. Money. Uh, Rona. No. Uh, nickels. Uh, that word, money, starts a lot of thoughts running through your mind. Yes, doesn't it? Like uh, Rona and her uh, inheritance, for instance. Now, see here, Lawton. I don't like your attitude. Uh, you want to make something of it? Uh, no. You see, I'm not the violent type. Uh, would you call Rona in here, David? Uh, yes, Miss Dean.
2: Black, white, bread, butter, nail, file, sugar, sweet, man,
4: uh,
2: marriage, needle, thread, money, marriage. Oh, well, that's all, Rona. You can go back to your boyfriend's now. Uh, would you send in Captain Cook, please?
1: Oh, well, Cookie looks like that needle didn't stick anyone. So your brilliant idea didn't turn up any clues, huh? Eh?
2: <sighs> no clues. Game was a fizzle.
1: Yes. Both young Morgan and Kenneth Douglas hesitated on the word money. Which may or may not mean anything. The wrestler hesitated on sugar. Why, I don't know.
2: Probably for the same reason David and Ken hesitated on money. Sugar probably means money to him.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, looks like we're back where we started from. What about Rona?
2: Oh, she hesitated on man. Of course, that's to be expected.
1: Well, the four of them are planning to leave tonight. Guess there's nothing I can do to hold them. No, I don't suppose so. And a corner phrase, as David would say... It's worse than looking for a needle oh, in. Oh,
2: a... don't, Jim, don't. No cliches at a time like this.
1: Oh, I'll answer it. Hello? Yes? Well, yes, hold the wire. It's for you, Jim, from Los Angeles. Oh, good. I've been expecting that call. Thanks. Hello? Hello, Doctor. Have you found anything? You have? Yes. Yes, thanks, Doc. Thanks a million. Well,
2: oh, what have you got to be thankful for, and at a time like this? Thanksgiving is four months off. The
1: doctor figured out how a man can be murdered with a hypodermic needle and still have no traces of the poisonous serum. Cookie, if you would call everybody into this room, I believe I can produce your murderer. Right, Jim. All right, come in here, all of you. Uh... Well, uh, did you discover anything from those tests, Mr. Lawton? Now, my theory... Save your theories for psych, too, Morgan. I've found the murderer.
2: But, Jim, the key word was needle, and none of them stumbled over that word. Yes,
1: Gloria, but one of them did stumble over the word sugar.
2: Cram, the bodyguard.
1: So what? Sugar means money. I had it on my mind because Spiro owed me two weeks' pay. That don't prove a thing. On the contrary, Cram. It proves that you're on your way to the hot seat.
2: Yeah, but Jim, you still haven't explained why the word sugar is so important.
1: Because, my dear, the word sugar didn't mean money to our friend Cram. If you'll glance at his test, you'll notice that the first thing that came to his mind when you mentioned sugar was the word sweet. A very logical reaction. For a man suffering from diabetes... Are you sure you can prove that, Jim? I don't imagine you'll have any trouble convincing a jury, Cookie. I was pretty sure it was Cram when he refused that piece of cake at dinner. And as a diabetic... Cram would know that an overdose of insulin through a hypodermic needle could kill. That the sugar that remained in Spiro's system, even after his death, would eat up the evidence. Oh, it was very clever, Mr. Cram. Ah, double talk. Stay where you are, Cram. I've got you covered. Yeah, I killed him, all right. He treated me like a slave. Thought I wasn't good enough for his daughter. And me, uh, a wrestling champ. Well, champ, it looks like this is one fall you lose.
2: Now I know there is such a thing as poetic justice.
1: Well, how do you mean, Gloria? Hmm,
2: Because our friend, who couldn't eat his cake and have it, too, is going to be brought to justice by a man named Cookie.
4: Now,
1: time out for Hollywood Beauty Advice. This is the beauty
2: ritual followed by many lovely Hollywood stars. The famous Woodbury Beauty Nightcap with Woodbury Complete Beauty Cream. At bedtime, cleanse skin thoroughly, deeply with Woodbury. When you touch your skin in the morning, you'll notice an appealing, glowing new charm.
1: Try Woodbury for as little as ten cents. Then when your fresh loveliness brings compliments and flattery from the date who rates with you, get Woodbury's $1. twenty-five economy size. That's W-O-O-D-B-U-R-Y. Woodbury Complete Beauty Cream for complete complexion care. Tune in again next week at this same time for Woodbury's double feature, Llewellyn Parsons with exclusive news about your favorite movie stars and another thrill and laugh-packed story with Dennis O'Keefe and Constance Moore in Hollywood Mystery Time. Music on this program was arranged and conducted by Charles Hathaway. This is James Doyle saying good night for Woodbury, for the skin you love to touch.
0: Welcome back. A few interesting twists um, in this tale. It's usually pretty rare when the murder is a poisoning to have a guy who's kind of played as uh, big and dumb to actually be the person who did it. So, that was surprising, and the use of the uh, word association is a bit of a confirmation clue. is nice. I'm glad that's not all the evidence they had, but that it did uh, back up some of the uh, autopsy results. This is an episode where, if you're into World War II, the start of the episode in the Luella Parsons uh, segment is... A little bit more interesting than the main mystery. It's very different. The one we played uh, from the previous cast with Carlton Young, it really felt like a 1940s version of Entertainment Tonight. This has a bit of a different tone. This was the first episode of Hollywood Mystery Time to air after uh japan surrendered and there's a different uh feel to it certainly because not only had hollywood been involved as what was called soldiers in grease paint uh boosting the morale of america's uh, servicemen uh, overseas and in camps in the united states but many had actually gone off to fight and this uh reflects that uh, quite well. And even the prayer at the end by Luella Parsons, very atypical, but not for this uh, period of time. After more than three and a half years of war, and about five years, honestly, of some very serious uh, sacrifices uh, to build up defense with so many Americans whose lives were lost, whose lives were endangered, there's a sense that uh, some reflections are appropriate, even uh, on the Luella Parsons show. This is the very last of the uh, Hollywood Mystery Time that we have, but it's far from the last of the series. Uh, This actually uh, aired uh, uh, for another couple of months. Overall, the series ran for 63 weeks which is really quite remarkable when you think about it. And uh, we only have three episodes, but that's about typical for an ABC series. There are many. Um, we, we, for example, have uh, three episodes of uh, William Gargan's series, Ideal and Crime, which ran a bit longer than that. And we have ten episodes of The Fat Man, which ran for five years. There were generally less ABC affiliates, and just less preservation as a whole. We do have the, what the title of some of these episodes are, and uh, some of them are quite interesting. There's The Case of the Fidgety f- uh, Fiddle Player, and uh, one of my favorite and most curious <laughs> titles of a episode, um, the uh, which was actually from uh, November 18th of 1945, The Case of the Hubba Hubba Girl. Hmm. Uh, Well, with that, we turn now to listener comments and feedback. Helen comments regarding the case of the glowing eyes. Uh, She writes in simply, it was different. Well, I guess it was. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Richard Diamond and next Tuesday, Inspector Thorne. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and uh, become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.